I'm Lauren. And I'm Austin. We're an interracial couple raising a biracial daughter and have regular conversations about the value of our different experiences and how we want to raise our child. We believe that God made people of different ethnicities for his glory alone. But like many other things, sin corrupts. We have made a mockery out of what God meant to be good. And in comes racism, a very real problem plaguing our hearts and minds and therefore invading systems of this world. So we decided to hit the record button as we discuss race, division, unity, and how to live a life in opposition to this sin specifically. We hope you'll join us as we dive headfirst into current topics, discuss ways to live a life against racism, and ultimately seek on earth as it is in heaven a place that will be filled with people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. You're listening to Grace and Race, a podcast about practicing anti-racism and promoting unity in families and communities. Testing, testing. Okay, we are on air. Wow, are, is it working? It's actually working. I don't believe you. Well, <laughs> we'll see. The reason why I don't believe her is because the technology is backstabbing us. Yeah. Every time Lauren sets it up, it has a mind of its own. And it says, no, Lauren, you will not talk about grace and race. No, seriously. It, this is our fifth time mm-hmm. attempting to record this intro. and <laughs> The intro, y'all. Just the intro. intro. Yeah. It's our second time attending, attempting to record the whole episode. We're going to have to see how this goes. I mean, honestly, it just might not be meant for us to record this tonight. That's true. But if you're listening to it, then apparently it was. Hey. So, and listen, we're not being very picky with this audio. It, it's literally not listenable at all. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just the facts. We know it's not great, but we know that we are just going to be relatable with you. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to be open books. That's what we have to offer. We don't have to offer the fancy equipment and the amazing editors that are probably paid a lot of money to do this. <laughs> we don't offer that. We just offer the transparency, uh, trying to be real honest. Relatable. And, and relatable. That's our goal. We're sitting in a closet right now hiding mm-hmm. because our baby, if she wakes up, our night is over. <laughs> and so we're just like in this closet far away in the apartment and we're trying to keep the volume down. And we don't want to wake up that baby. So if you can't relate to that in some way, God bless you anyway. And we'll, we'll connect over something else. <laughs> All right. So one thing that we haven't mentioned in a couple of episodes that I wanted to make sure and throw out there tonight is that if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. If you are on Spotify, I believe you click the follow button, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, then you can click subscribe, and it's going to notify you whenever we put out new episodes, which is exciting. You don't have to go looking and searching for new episodes. This is actually the last of the first episodes that we're putting out before, like in our first launch, so yeah. Our next episode will be coming out next Friday. So every Friday is going to be our goal, putting episodes out. If you guys have something that you want to hear about specifically, please feel free to reach out to us at the end of every single episode. 
we have our contact information and what's the best way to get in contact with us. And yeah, that would be the best way to tell us if there's a subject that you want us to talk about specifically. <laughs> yes. Is that funny? Uh, I'm just energetic. Uh, you know, before you crash and fall asleep, yeah. you the energy rush. I'm on that energy rush. Well, babe, you got you got a little bit before you can fall asleep. Oh, shoot. Because we got to do this, and then you got to go get baby wipes. Oh, relatable. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, running all our errands after bedtime. I mean, the Golly, you're adult world on. just begins after bedtime. All right, well, guys, today we are talking about a subject that's really super important to us. And race and the gospel. Let's get it. All right, so if you clicked on this episode and you're like, what the heck is the gospel? Or you're like, I'm not a Christian. Should I even listen to this? Mm. We're going to encourage you to listen to it for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One... We believe that this is a really important message to hear, and so that's first and foremost. But also, it will be really helpful to kind of understand the framework from which we view this subject that's and right. and why we believe that racism is bad yeah. and that race is good and that we can endure these conversations that are sometimes hard with a lot of grace because we have been given a lot of grace hello so that's why we're doing it if you're a christian and you clicked on this episode and you're like what does race have to do with the gospel Mm. or maybe you're even thinking no race doesn't have anything to do with the gospel and Mm. i'm listening to this so that i can respond to you guys and prove you wrong We still encourage you to listen to it. That's right. We still want you to listen to it, and we still want to have conversations with you. So, again, reach out to us if you don't agree with something that we said. If you want to encourage us in something that we said, we would love to hear from you, no matter what you kind of walk away from this feeling like. These are what you call big old facts. All right. Well, are you ready to get started, babe? Let's roll. Awesome. So, we are going to start with just some some basic definitions. Okay. If you have not already, listener, if you've not already, go back and listen to our very first episode, What is Anti-Racism? And there we define race, we define anti-racism, and we talked just a little bit about some of those basic definitions. So this time we're going to be digging into what the gospel is. So Austin, can you just put into... Your little elevator pitch, what is the gospel? Okay. Okay, the gospel. Gospel, okay. This is the good news, the true news. Um, this is what we refer to the biblical life, death, resurrection, and return of Christ. So the gospel starts with before time, matter, and space as we know it, uh, there's actually God. And God exists in three persons, right? Father, Son, and Spirit. So before anything that you know, that we know, that we actually relate to materially in this universe, God already existed as a community. Now, that's important. A community is already formed, the three of them loving each other. There's no jealousy. There's no bitterness. There's no anger. There's no, I want the shine. There is harmony. There's love. Um, And out of that love, God, they create mankind right now they create a lot more they create the earth they create the stars the galaxies uniform a lot of things but we're going to skip straight to mankind okay they create mankind and a place for mankind to live that's why 
uh, the good news that we're not too far away from the sun where we would freeze to death, but we're perfectly positioned where if we were just, you know, inches closer to the sun, we'd just all melt and die. It's placed perfectly. We're in a place where life can be sustained. Okay, so that's where the good news starts. The good news starts there. And the good news in creating us, right, uh, that means God has a love and God has put his image in people. So people don't just have value because they think they have value. They have value because they were assigned the value. They were created. Okay, that's a part of the good news. The good news then shifts to giving mankind responsibility um, in the garden. But the good news has a sad turn mankind right adam and eve sin against god they were given so many wonderful options to choose from you can have all of these trees they chose the one that god said don't touch sound familiar right god gives us so many beautiful things we could be occupying our time our efforts our resources our money with but we choose the thing that we know we should stay away from so that sound familiar so in that sin god knew that we would actually choose that So God had a plan even before we were made that he would send his son, who is a part of the Godhead, right? That he would actually come to earth and live a perfect life. He would be born not from the seed of man, but come through the the Holy Spirit would actually come through Mary and would be born, would live the perfect life we could not live. And then he would die the death that his followers do not have to die. So he would take on our sins for anybody who will repent and turn to Jesus, anybody, that their sins would be forgiven, okay? That he would die. He would be the lamb without blemish. He would take that on. So that means we are going to be restored if we repent, if we go to the Lord. That means that there is a reconciliation that happens, and that means we're waiting, right, for the consummation of all of that to take place. So we're waiting for the day where all things are made new. God promises to do that. And in that waiting, we understand that God is going to be able to do something that no person will ever do, kill death once and for all. Okay, so that awaiting process is waiting for God to do what he said he would do. So he's given us signs along the way. He's given us a ways to see his face more clearly, to to endure to the end. This is all a part of the gospel, okay? So when we talk about the Bible, biblical life, death, resurrection, and return, anything that affirms that is a part of the gospel. Anything that contradicts that is what we would call anti-gospel. So if you hear that, word anti-gospel we're saying anything that contradicts what the scriptures let us know about um uh, yahweh about jesus about the holy spirit that was super helpful austin and i'll just say that especially if you haven't heard this before especially so quickly and yeah we we realize that this is a story a narrative a truth that is laid out in the bible um, across 66 books, and we d- are not going to get every single detail right. in that little in that little pitch in the first 10 minutes of this podcast. So, if you have further questions about that, one, 
we would love to connect you with a Bible. If you don't don't already have one, there are a ton of apps and, and different ways that you can access that out there. But also, if you just have general questions or if you want to talk to somebody more about it, please reach out to us because mm-hmm. we would love to go in and answer answer any questions. But yeah, this is this is what we believe to be true. This is what we believe to be true about the world. This is what we believe to be true about humanity. And this worldview is the reason that we believe that people hold dignity. And just like Austin said, I love that point about we do not give ourselves dignity. God gives us dignity. That's something that's given to us. And so if we can't give it to ourselves, then we also can't take it away from ourselves. Mm. We can't take it away from other people. Preach. Because that's God's job. Hello? So, Austin, the gospel message. Come on. What does it have to do with race? So a part of the gospel message, you remember that God created mankind. And we see early, even in Genesis, the promise to Abraham that he would actually be a blessing. Abraham and his offspring would be a blessing to all the nations. When we fast forward and see the work that Jesus was doing, uh, breaking down the ethnic walls of hostility, talking to the Samaritans, uh, understanding the racial uh, and ethnic tension there, having uh, Peter go to the Gentiles to spread the gospel, uh, people who looked like they weren't of the faith, right, because of their nationality. When you go to Revelation 7-9, where our brother John got a vision from Jesus Christ that literally saw nation, tribe, tongues. So he not only heard the diversity he saw the diversity and that diversity had a purpose it wasn't just to be diverse it was to circle around the throne of god Mm. worshiping him together in unity only the spirit can provide so we see that the idea of noticing other people's racial differences ethnic differences nationality when we see that and we see that it's tied together, wound together through the Holy Spirit and worshiping God for his glory and for uh, mankind's good. We can see that if you are anti-racial differences, anti-nationality, ethnic differences, you are spitting in the face of the picture that God has portrayed. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. So if we get passionate tonight, it's because the vision that God had relayed to us ought to be pursued. That's why we live as believers on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so I can hear the questions now. The word race isn't really used to describe different ethnicities in the Bible. So shouldn't we be saying ethnicity isn't it technically, isn't that technically the word we should be using? So I'm going to encourage you. So in the scriptures, it's very interesting. It does not talk about different races. It talks about what? It talks about one race, the human race, right? And it talks about that people usually, when it talks about differences, it's ethnicity, ethnic differences right maybe you'll get nationality thrown in there well here's the problem with that for where we're at today the way our culture and our context uses the word race it really means color which color is a implication of ethnicity specifically our country has made distinctions on color to literally harm and divide people so on color right 
we saw that black people were three-fifths human. We saw in color, when you looked at the uh, water fountains, when it says whites only and coloreds only, right? We see in color that black people were being pursued at a higher rate as far as uh, disproportionately on uh, policing and being tried and over-prosecuted for certain crimes. So color is a theme in our culture. So it would be tone deaf to say, oh, I'm just going to refer to ethnicity. You're ignoring the actual relevance of color in today's society. So instead of saying, oh, the Bible doesn't say the word race, use it as an implication. Okay, race is an implication of ethnicity. Sometimes it doesn't line up, and I get that. But a lot of times you'll be more helpful if you tell people, okay, you know what? I know God talks about our ethnicities, but you're going to also be willing to say, but listen here, we know color is also a uh, implication of race. That's a great point. A really important distinction that I kind of want to make as we go into the next question is that a lot of people are terrified to talk about race. Right, because right. they think it's a dirty word. Right. But if we look in the scriptures, if we look in the way that God valued diversity, so we, we see God's value of diversity all throughout the scriptures. Number one, if you were to go back and read the original language or if you understood the original language, you would understand that there are a lot of specific places that the Bible points out that people came from different regions, right? Some of those regions were in Africa, Ethiopia. Some of those regions were more of like the North Middle East where people look different and different people who look different were welcomed into God's kingdom. Some people in the Old Testament even had names that kind of distinctified what they might have looked like. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, if you look at the the definition of their names, yes, that's good. And okay, I might be wrong on this. Let let me let me just put this out there that I'm talking right now and I believe that I'm correct, but but I might be wrong. Here's what I would say instead of just like coming into my inbox and being like, "You're wrong." Look it up and make it sure make sure for yourself. I'll do the same thing after this. I know that this is the case multiple times in the Old Testament. I'm just not 100% sure that it is here. But I am 99% sure that Moses's wife was from a more south region of Africa, so she probably would have been darker skinned, while Moses probably would have been a little bit lighter skinned. So that relationship would be technically an interracial relationship. And we not only see that there, we see that throughout scripture, right? We see We see a lot of interracial relationships, whether they be friendships or marriages or anything like that. And it's not... It's not this big deal, right? It's just it's just what it was. Mm. And that's that's really important. Another thing that we see in the New Testament is that when John looks up in Revelation and sees people of every tribe, tongue and nation, he saw people of every tribe, tongue and nation. He looked at them and he noticed that they were from different tribes, tongues and nations. There wasn't really a word to talk about race in that in that context, but the fact that he saw people who looked different and were from different places, that means that that people look different and that God's kingdom, it's not like we're going to get to heaven and then all be one race, right? All be one color. But God values that. If that's going to be in heaven, if that's going to be in eternity, then that's something good that he has given us. It's not a bad thing. Now, here's the thing. We make 
mockeries out of things that God meant to be good. Austin actually said this the first time we recorded this episode, but I'm going to hop on it now. Alcohol isn't bad in and of itself, right? It's not bad. But we're often told, you stay away from alcohol, you stay away from alcohol. It's alcoholism that's bad. It's the it's the misusing of alcohol that's bad. Mm. That's the problem. And, and we could apply that to a lot of different areas. Mm. Race is not bad. Race is beautiful. Race is good. Race is something that God created. It's something that he gave you. you your race, whoever you are, who... Whoever you are, wherever you are, is beautiful, mm. and it is glorifying to God. Mm. Every person who is listening to this, every mm. person, racism is bad. Come on, that's the twisting that's of the something twisting. that God made good. Can I say something? Absolutely. The scriptures make a powerful claim: evil cannot exist on its own. It's a parasite. It has to eat off of something else. Mm. That's the way the evil is presented in the gospel and the scriptures. Find me another worldview like that. Please send it to me. It's very powerful. Because if that's true, that means anything that is of God is inherently good. Mm. Anything that contradicts him should be thrown away. That's what that means. So race of God, it's good racism you're going against what is good of god you ought not to pursue that you should run away from that you should go in the opposite direction that's what we call repenting turn away from it so if you're leaning towards racism turn away from it run away from it because that is not reflection of god so evil cannot exist on its own y'all it won't last it has to eat it has to pervert satan doesn't create he can only manipulate Mm -hmm. that's it he can't create. He only manipulates. Okay. Think about it. Just think about anything evil in your life. You could have, like, I even tell people with drugs, it's like, we, we tell the kids, drugs are bad. If you use drugs, like, it could be so good. Have you heard of medicine? Mm. <laughs> the opioid crisis opioid, Yeah, opioid started. crisis. <laughs> it started because it was doing something good, which was limiting some pain. And then it got abused. Mm. So you, we got to stop blaming God's good gifts. We need to start looking at our crusty hearts. We're the problem here. We're the issue. It doesn't matter how much we evolve. And I put quotations around it because I don't believe that's actually a thing. It doesn't matter how much technology we have, how much money we have, how much more advanced we are. We keep sinning. Mm. It is a heart issue. It's so clear. We still keep falling over the same crap that our brothers and sisters were doing thousands of years ago. Austin here. In the wake of George Floyd's murder and the immediate outcry in our nation, my brother Maris and I were moved to put our emotions into word and an audio performance. It's called Black Dialogue, a series of spoken word poems detailing plights of being black in America. We were so overwhelmed by the response that we decided to break down the performances in podcast episodes that you can find right here on the app you're listening to this podcast on. Just search ALG Cathartic Creatives. That's A-L-G, like Austin Lee Groves and Amaris Lee Anthony Groves. See what we did there. Cathartic Creatives. If you're enjoying this podcast, we're confident you'll appreciate what we did over there at A-L-G as well. A-L-G, it's activism and art. Artivism. Come on over and listen. So if our brothers and sisters were doing this thousands of years ago, Austin... Does the Bible talk about racism? The Bible, 
serves okay sola scriptura this was a battle cry for the church in scripture alone there's five right we had in christ alone for his glory alone um we had so many other ones right but one of them was in scripture alone meaning anything that contradicts the scriptures you run away from it if it doesn't contradict right then you can pursue it so i think my pastor said this it was amazing i loved it he said if you're um need a emergency surgery you don't want the doctor to find their medical information from the book of leviticus <laughs> you want them to study that book that they went through college on right learning how to do medical procedures that book doesn't contradict the bible so you can pursue that book you have the freedom to do that as a believer so a lot of times in christian christianism christianese we always talk about the fences the boundaries and we forget we neglect to talk about the millions of miles the millions of acres of freedom that we have in that boundary mm. that is important you have to talk about the millions of acres of freedom that you have and a part of that is understanding that all truth is god's truth as long as it doesn't contradict his word it is true it is good you can pursue it you can pursue it. And then if you figure out later down the road, oh my goodness, this does, then you turn away from it. So um, when we look at racism, it doesn't have to say in the Bible, racism is bad. That doesn't have to be spelled out. We can see an umbrella effect. The word favoritism is talked about in the Bible. Hmm. And we see favoritism in a lot of contexts. When mankind chooses favoritism, one race over another or ethnic group over another, right? We see that Paul called out Pete, uh, Paul called out Peter to his face. He was showing favoritism to the, uh, oof. he was showing favoritism to the Jewish party. Excuse me, <laughs> almost slipped up there. <laughs> History repeats itself, right? He was showing favoritism to the Jewish party. Paul had to oppose him to his face. And said, no, you are not walking in the truth of the gospel, mm. right? He used that language. Mm. Then we saw favoritism when it comes to money. James had to kick our butts and say, listen here, brothers and sisters, why are you worried about the rich in your church? You're pushing away the lowly saying, you sit in the back. We're going to bring the rich dollar, the, 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 uh, tie dollar signs or whoever. We're going to bring them up to the front and push everybody else in the back. So favoritism, choosing other people based on material things, based on vain things, that is dishonoring to God. Hmm. So if we know favoritism is an umbrella, racism would go under the umbrella of favoritism. So we, if God is passionate that we should not be favoritism about money, about race or ethnic lines, about these things, then we should be passionate as well. That's a really important distinction. It's also important to note that Jesus, whenever he was talking to his disciples and the disciples, whenever they were talking in the epistles and then even prophets and people who wrote the Old Testament, they did specifically call out that we should have a special attention toward the vulnerable, right? Toward children, toward widows, toward orphans. So Austin, can you kind of help us understand, is that showing favoritism those are specific examples where god told us to do it if god is good listen y'all if he truly is good like he claims he is if he tells you to do something then it's good yeah 
if his nature is good, if he if there is no shadow in him, that's what I'm pretty sure Colossians told us that there's not even a shadow. Right. Right. I know it talks about his preeminence. I I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's that it might be James. Scripture tells us that there's no shadow in him. There is no wrong. We see in the Gospels, we see him get tested mm. by Lucifer. Guess who wins? Jesus doesn't lose. And at the same time, whenever whenever we're being commanded to help the lowly, we're not also at the same time commanded to take from or put down the powerful. That's right. Be- because you got to follow the scriptures. That's what I'm trying to say. The lowly in the context of the widow and the orphan, God gives specific instructions for specific, even specific widows and orphans, mm-hmm. right? He gives us instruction. Follow it. That's that's if you want to call it favoritism, that must be favoritism. That's glorifying to God because he tells you to do it. Right. If he doesn't tell you to do that, then there should ought not to be favoritism. But we also see God's heart for the rich. Yeah. When the rich young ruler went away uh, crying, hey, sell your possessions. He went away crying. Jesus felt sad. Mm. he wasn't ju- oh you suck you rich no he's like dang this dude really thinks his riches are everything he really thinks mm. that's what's going to save him and bring him happiness he really thinks that and god gifted people with riches throughout scripture and he used those riches that one one story that i often forget about when having this conversation is lydia lydia oh. was a disciple um oh. after jesus had already gone back who worked with Paul and Philippi and she was a rich woman. Mm. I think she's described as as a woman of the purple cloth which which means she was she was rich, she was wealthy and she used that wealth in order to love love other followers of Christ and help get the gospel out there. So we see in a moment how God is is using all things, right? But but in that we are to use our resources to help the lowly. So that's an important distinction to make because a lot of people will say, oh, because we're talking more about black people in this moment or saying the words, right, the words black lives matter is somehow saying that other lives don't matter. Mm -hmm. And when, again, when we're looking through a framework of scripture, it's not that other lives don't matter. It's not that other stories don't matter. It's that in this specific moment in time as we're speaking in these contexts, then these lives need to be addressed. These, mm. these issues need to be addressed. And that's important. That's an important distinction to make. It's a, it's a conversation that I've had a lot with a lot of people. And so if you're wrestling with this, mm. if you're a Christian and you're wrestling this, if you're not and you're wrestling with this, again, please feel free to reach out to us. This is a conversation. I, I, I had a three-hour conversation with someone about this. It's not right. something that we're going to cover every single bit of it right. in this episode, but hopefully that I'll was say helpful something to real you. Quick. Yeah, yeah. So there is a scripture. I, I can't remember if it's in Proverbs. Maybe it's in the New Testament. And it talks about, like, the rich man. And it says, remind the rich man of uh, his, um, I believe, like, his gifts or his uh, riches and how the best thing that he can have is from God. And then he said, tell the poor man that he is loved by God and that he is seen by God. Mm. Basically it was two different messages hmm. and you could read it as, Oh, that's, that's favorite. No, like God speaks to us where we're at. If you're rich and you got a whole bunch of money, you probably thinking God blessed you. Like how, I know a lot of rich people who actually aren't Christians. They like, I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. Not even Christians. I'm blessed. I, the, something's for me the universe somebody's for me hmm. 
because I'm rolling in this dough. And I know, if I'm being honest, there's no way I could have did this all by myself. Hmm. So it's easy for a rich person to feel love. If you're poor on the street, you can barely get your next meal, you're going to feel like God hates you. Right? So he was saying two different messages. Like, you're going to have to restore that poor brother differently than you're going to have to bring down and humble that rich brother. Hmm. God loves them both, but he knows they need two different things. Mm -hmm. That's good, babe. Hey, I want to clarify something that I said earlier and also correct myself on something. So I kind of looked it up a second ago. Moses did marry a Cushite woman. So Cush was the south region of Ethiopia. But one thing that I said was that, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Actually, Numbers 12.1 says that Miriam and Aaron, that's Moses' siblings, spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. And God put a plague on them, didn't he? Or what did he do? He did something. He punished them. I forgot about that. Yep. He did something to him. Hear my words of the prophet among you. I, the Lord, make myself known to him. Not so. Wow. I forgot about that. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's the power of scripture. You you think you even know it. Oh, yeah. They were leprous. They were leprous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God put leprosy on them. Yeah. Because that was ugly. Sin was ugly. Right. Okay. So side note, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend a long time here because we could and I would and it might be a whole episode. Let mm. us know if you want it. The Old Testament is if 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 you read the Old Testament and you just say, Lord, will you sh- will you show me your vision for diversity here? Will you show me your love for peoples from every tribe, tongue, and nation? Will you show me your love for the lowly? He will make things come out. (laughs) You will read things that you were like, I did not even know that verse existed there. Like that right there. Like you're normally likely to read over that and be like, I don't know what Cushite means. But just with the context of that's the south region of Ethiopia, that's that's important, right? And so I would suggest everyone who's listening to this, read the Bible, but don't only look for it in the New Testament. Look for it in the Old Testament because I've, I read it this year mm. straight through for the first time. I've always done kind of old and new and, and hopped around, mm-hmm. and it is everywhere. It's everywhere. Read it. Look out for that. It's important, and it helps us. I think it helps us love people better, and I think it helps us see God's vision for the world better. Beautiful. Anyways, all right. So, we've actually spent so much time in here. This this might end up having to be a two-part episode. Wow. Y'all, again, side note, we won't sit here very long, but we recorded this episode once, didn't spend as much time talking in the front half of this episode, <laughs> and it really, it, it, it was not listenable. It wasn't. And so, we were just praying like, Lord, let this be what you would have. And so, yeah, maybe it's just that we need to spend more time on this episode than we originally thought that we did. Mm. All right. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to keep going. And if in a few minutes we need to just cut it off and say, hey, we're going to finish up in part two next week, then that's exactly what we'll do. All right. So, Austin, I've heard the words, the term, the arguments a lot that Christianity is a white man's religion. Can you explain to me a couple of things? Can you explain to me if that's true Hmm. and where that comes from? Is it true? Is Christianity a white man's religion? 
No, that's not true. But we have to understand a couple of things. <clears throat> While the argument for Christianity being a white person's religion is very weak and not factual, the reason why people feel that way is very strong. Mm -hmm. and, and their anecdotal evidence is very, very powerful. So we have to understand that Christianity in America is taught through a Western lens, which is very problematic. Because that's not where the scriptures originated. If you look at the scriptures, it started just straight in the Middle East, even moves to Africa, right? We talk about where the big exodus come from. That's Egypt, y'all. Mm. <laughs> like, we forget this. Um, Middle East and Africa, that's where this all started. We don't see Gentiles, uh, Europeans as we know it, receiving the gospel uh, fully until... After Paul's conversion, mm. that's where the scripture really shows it because Paul is pleading to the Jews, share it with the Gentiles. <laughs> First the Jew, but then the Gentile. That's what he says in Romans 1, 1, 6. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So um, that's why he opposes, uh, he opposes Peter to his face. He's telling him, you got to share it, the gospel with the Gentiles too. You can't just tell them about it. You got to let it out. So the idea that it's a white man's religion really started in North America. In 1619, that's when we documented bringing uh, Africans over, it was for the institution of slavery, right? Um, and specifically, the slavery that we are referring to was mostly white people over black bodies. Now, of course, you had occasional black people owning black people. Um, it was occasional, right? Mm -hmm. But... That wasn't the story, and that wasn't the narrative of the country. And it was really reflective in the Civil War. <laughs> you didn't really see the black people fighting to keep the slaves. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a reason for that. Why? Because we knew white supremacy was what started this country. So that means if white supremacy was in our judicial system, white supremacy was in our politics, white supremacy was in our schools, white supremacy was in our churches. Mm. And that started over in Europe when the Catholic Church was signing off on expeditions going to go round up bodies for slavery. Now again, this is disgusting to God. He, he teaches us specifically in the scriptures, Old and New Testament, uh, that slaves are still image bearers. So if someone is enslaved, the way that they must be treated must be restorative. It must be honoring to God, mm -hmm. right? That's why a lot of context in the scriptures, slavery looked totally different. You would almost see it in some places almost like working off debt. Right? I got a lot of student loan debt, so instead of me paying all that, maybe I live for a family and I work as a worker for them for seven years. Hmm. And I pay that student loan, uh, debt, I'll, and then I can go about my merry way. That's, that's a similarity. I'm oversimplifying a lot of it, but in a lot of ways, that's how it was. So this idea of antebellum slavery, of whipping and beating and uh, lynching and uh, throwing babies to gators, like this is, that was, oh my goodness, demonic. Um, and so that creeped in the church. We see this in on the plantations. There was literally a slave Bible, y'all. They made a slave Bible where they took out the book of Exodus. Why? They don't want black people to think God is going to let his people go. Mm. Right? They took out parts uh, where uh, Paul is telling the slave owners, you better treat 
your slaves with love and respect because you have a master who is in heaven. They took that out. And guess what they kept? The part where the slave is supposed to submit, right? So they would keep certain passages for the slave and take certain passages out. It was called the slave Bible while they literally had the master copy. Yuck, the master copy which was the truth. Now, granted, they didn't open it up and really pray and reflect and listen to it. Because hmm. if they did, it would have looked a lot different. Don't dumb down the gospel. The power of the gospel is, is amazing. Don't tell me that you're living out the gospel while torturing people in his image. Sorry, not going to buy it. Um, so they were literally suppressing a form of godliness, but what? Denying its power, as scripture said. So that's what we were dealing with. Because of that whitewashing, the intentional whitewashing, I mean, you would go into churches. There's this blue-eyed, blonde-haired guy looking at me. It's like, who's this guy? What the heck? <laughs> and so for years, they would pray to him because they were told to pray to him. And the 60s happened, civil rights start sparking up. And you get a whole bunch of black people who say, man, forget this crap. I'm not praying to white Jesus. He probably wants me enslaved. So you have people running to the nation of Islam. There was a huge jump in the nation of Islam numbers for black people, black Americans. People's names were being changed left and right. Uh, people's identities were being changed left and right. They were tired of being enslaved because the way Jesus was presented to them was not authentic. It was not accurate. There may have been hints of truths, but what do we know about half-truths? They're deadlier than full lies. That's what we know about half-truths. They're deadlier than a full, flat-out lie. Right. So the idea of black people being enslaved and being taught, this is how you worship Jesus. This is how you praise Jesus. This, this is how you do it. When really they were just going off of their culture. They weren't going off of Christ. That's put a terrible taste in a lot of black people's mouths saying, OK, you know what? Christianity must be white then, because every time I turn to it, every time I listen to the worship songs, every time I look into the pastors, every time I look at the leaderships, it's all white. So I guess it's not for me. Hey guys, we're so glad that you're sticking around for this episode and hope you're enjoying it so far. One of the most common questions we get anytime there's a big racism recognition moment in our culture is, okay, I see it now, but what do I do? Where do I start? Our answer, somewhere. That's right. We created a 10 point PDF guide called Start Somewhere that we would love for you to grab. All you have to do is go to www.laurengroves.me and on the top menu, you'll find a tab that says Biblical Racial Reconciliation Guide. Click that, insert your email, and you will receive the guide in your email almost immediately. Start Somewhere is just that, a starting place. But in a short PDF guide, we'll give you podcast recommendations, our best book list, documentaries to watch, conversations to start, and just a little education on the origins of racism in America. So one more time, go to www.laurengroves.me and on the top menu, you'll find a tab that says Biblical Racial Reconciliation Guide. Click that, insert your email, and start somewhere. That, that makes me so sad. And it should, it should break all Christians' hearts, every single one of us. Because we know, we know, guys, if we don't know this, then, again, I just plead with you to open up your scriptures and read them. We know that what happened in America and what happened, honestly, around the world with the, the 
total taking advantage of black bodies is wrong. It is an offense to God. And so the fact that not only did so many Christians, not all Christians, but a large chunk of us just totally, like, once slavery ended, just kind of wanted to erase that and pretend it didn't happen without any kind of reconciliation actually happening. We just kind of kept it that way. And and we we never, again, I'm not speaking for everyone, but but I don't really know of this big movement to try to go back to the people who we offended, to the people who we hurt, and saying, we got this wrong, and this is the real gospel. This is actually what happened. Now, you might be wondering, why would someone who didn't enslave someone say, we got this wrong? If, if you didn't actually enslave someone, you didn't get anything wrong. Austin... What would you say to somebody who would say that? I would say to tear down the walls of hostility. That's exactly what you have to do is tear those walls down, even if you didn't build those walls. Mm. If there are walls up that are destructive, that's suffocating the gospel, even if you didn't build that wall and you really believe you should not tear them down, I'm just shaking my head like, wow, wow, that's sad. That's sad. And I'm not going to lie. I've been there. <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? Mm. And still there in some ways. So I'm not, don't hear me say that I don't do, I, I always tear down walls of hostility. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I have to be better. We all have to be better. And that's why we're a body. We're challenging each other. We're encouraging each other. We're nurturing each other. We're, we're pushing each other. And when it comes to race, don't be content with not being the wall builder. Mm. You need to tear it down if you know it's spitting in the face of your Lord and Savior. Period. You should be glad to tear it down. You should be excited. What did Paul say? We tear down lofty arguments with the truth of the gospel. Right? We can we can tear and dismantle strongholds. And that's a real stronghold. That doesn't mean every black person believes that I'm black and I'm a Christian. Okay? Till I'm dead. And even then, I mean, I'm still a Christian because I'm with the Lord. But I'm trying to say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wavering here. What I'm saying is there are a lot of black people who feel this way. There's some white people who are ashamed to be Christian. Yeah. That's sad. They're ashamed to be a Christian because they've seen how white Christians have acted in the past. That is terrible. We have to tear down the walls. We can't be content with not being the builders of it. Tear it down. Do it with love. Do it with sacrificial love. Do it with biblical um, um, a hermeneutic that is so pleasing to the Lord, aroma that is pleasing to the Lord. Do it in a sound way, in a solid way, in a way that abhors what is evil, but it clings to what is good. That's what Romans tells us, Romans 12. Tear it down. Don't be content. Tear it down. And when you do that, when you do that, you're going to see the spirit of God move in a way that you probably have never seen. Austin, how are how are black people still affected today by the sins that Christians in our nation committed um, even in 1619, even 400 years ago? I think one of the biggest ways a lot of black people are affected still today is the 
amount of torture, abuse, um, um, neglect, um, evil demonic actions taking against black and brown people that has caused a lot of black and brown people to be more materialistic than ever why i see this so much in our community since we have not had much as a people in this nation our goal is to have now why is that problem for anybody who knows the gospel it's not about having that's not what this is about. It's not about how much stuff we can collect here before we go. So the best life now rhetoric. Live your best life now. The YOLO. You only live once. The idea of trying to get everything, 40 acres and a mule now, instead of pursuing the kingdom of God, it's going to be higher for these people because they've been oppressed for so long. So you got... You're encouraging, when you don't tear those walls down, you're encouraging, well, let's get back everything that was taken from you. So now you got black people praising education as God. Because at one time when we read a book, we could be hanging in the tree. Mm. Now you got black people praising making money. When we know dang well that there would never be a, 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 a cent that you can take to the kingdom of heaven. You got black and brown people wanting these material things that will rust, that will collect dust, that will rot, that thieves will destroy. Because we see the history and we see, well, hey, white people have that. So it's my time to get it now. That's what's fair. And we see it creeping in our preaching. Now, I'm not one to tell you that black people have bad theology. I think that's stupid. Bad theology is just, can be from anybody. Mm. Anybody. And I see a lot of, sorry, a lot of my, the prosperity preachers I run away from are white. Hmm. So I don't want to play this game right now that that's from one person or not. What I'm going to tell you is this. I have seen that creep in my community. And I have seen it creep in our pulpits. That nasty, disgusting, let's make up for what we lost. And, um. Again, you ain't had to build the walls, but I need you, brother. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. I need you. Let's tear it down. Let's tear that trash down. And let's let's build up a wall on the foundation of Christ. And we know his foundation has no end. And on that note, we are going to pause this conversation and we're going to continue it. Thank you for, for listening to this. Again, this is a subject that is, for some reason, hard. <laughs> and and listen, I get it. I get it because it would have been really hard for me to be a part of not that many years ago. Not very long. No, not long ago. But praise God. Praise God. You guys heard my story on the last episode about how he's been, been doing a work in me. And, and I, I pray that if this is an episode that has you sitting on pins and needles and like, I don't know about pairing these two conversations, I don't think that it should be done, we're going to ask you to, to pray about it um, and to ask God to show you whether or not it should be done. Again, we believe that every conversation that we have, that 
every subject, every subject. If, if we are Christians, if we believe the good news of the gospel, every subject should be, should be seen through that lens. Every single one of them, that there is not anything, not politics, not race, not anything, nothing that we should separate the gospel from. Come on. So not how I watch my sports. No. <laughs> Lord yep. knows I need help. <laughs> yeah. And it's easy to do that, right? It's easy to want to separate it because that takes away conviction. Yeah. Oh, so, I would rather call these football players trash as if they're not made in the image of God because I want to just sit back and watch my game. Yeah. No, and and again, we could we could talk about that and all of the areas that we don't want to do that a lot. That's I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. I'm not accusing anybody of anything that I'm not capable of. Right. We could we we keep it at 100 with you. Yeah. But if you do have questions, if if you want to kind of go deeper into something that we said, please 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 be sure to reach out to us. Let us know. Whenever we jump back into this conversation, we're going to be talking a little bit more practically about, okay, so we just talked about a lot of subjects, so now what do we do with that? And how do we go move forward? If, if the gospel is something that we believe, again, maybe you're not a Christian, but you know people who believe the gospel. If that's something that we believe... How do we move forward? How do we engage in these conversations about race? Mm. And then eventually, in the next episode after that, we're going to be talking about what happens whenever we go down, go and sit at a family table and someone says something that is an affront to God. Woo. And we're going to talk about that a lot. So, so, yeah, we hope that you guys stick around with us. We hope that you guys continue in these conversations with us. Thank you so much for, for listening. We love you guys. That's why we do this. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Hey, much love, y'all. Have a good night. Well, it might be daytime, but you're listening. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Grace and Race. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and also took away some points so that you too can better commit to practicing anti racism in your own family and community. If you want to stay updated on episodes and join further conversations, head to laurengroves.me backslash join our list. That's laurengroves.me backslash join our list to join our email list. You can also follow us on Instagram at lauren two underscores groves or groves 8070 to stay updated with our family and join conversations on our public platforms. Thanks for listening. We'll chat with you again soon.